welcome to Circle Sanctuary Network Podcasts, brought to you by Circle Sanctuary, one of the oldest nature spirituality churches in the United States, connecting people of nature center paths around the world. Join us through the week for a variety of shows discussing various topics, celebrating the divine in all of its forms through nature worship, rituals, education, and building bridges of community. Good evening, good morning, good night, good second breakfast, whenever you are, wherever you are. My name is Laura Gonzalez, and I'd like to welcome you to Lunatic Mondays, Lunes Lunaticos, the very first bilingual show for CSMP, the Circle Sanctuary Network podcast. And tonight I have a guest who I'm very honored to call a friend. One of those that I need to pinch myself like, really, are you friends with Byron Ballard? Yes, yes, we're (laughs) friends. Um, let me let me read you her bio. Uh, she's a teacher, a folklorist, and a writer. She has served as a featured speaker and teacher at a variety of conferences and gatherings. A senior priestess, she is the co-founder of Mother Grove Goddess Temple and the Coalition of Earth Religions series, both in Asheville, North Carolina, where she lives. She writes as the village witch for which is on Pagan's Magazine, where she is also a regular columnist. And you can learn more about her visiting myvillagewitch.com. And you heard her already. And she is here. And I'm very honored to have you on the show. How are you? I am, as everyone is, confused, angry, grieving. Okay. <laughs> I'm okay. I was talking to someone recently and saying, you know, the the thing is, if you have not been deeply touched by the pandemic or anything that's going on right now, a lot of us have a kind of survivor's guilt because we are, we're doing okay. So, yeah. So, yeah. So I'm good. I guess I'll just say I'm good. That's the best, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. It's good to I, see you. Good to see you. And my to-go um, answer has been, I'm alive. I'm, I'm surviving. Yeah. So, you know, I'm yeah. alive. So how are you alive? You know, everything yeah. else is uh, icing on the cake. And as we were talking about um, when we were planning to do this show and we promised everybody that we were going to rock the world. Um, <laughs> of course. Of course. Yeah. Because, I mean, you put the village witch and the blue witch in a room. <laughs> Anything can happen. Yeah, it's uh, a lot of big witching. It's, there's a lot of bewitching. And which as a verb, which as a verb, which as action. And other than, and, and this is not putting anybody down because that's not my brand. But other than seeing uh, figures like Starhawk, Selena, Phyllis Carot, doing a lot of work online, but you have been unstoppable. You have been doing a lot of online. You have been reminding people to ground and to go tend to the land and to tend to themselves. What an honor to be for us to be able to look up to you and be reminded of that. Who looks after you? Bless, Bless you. I have close, good friends and companions and colleagues that, you know, they hold me up. They hold me up when I cry. They they calm me down when I've had way too much Irish whiskey and I'm way too angry. So, yeah. And I got to say, everybody needs that. I don't care who you are. You got to have people who are in your corner who are, you know, holding the bucket for you to spit and throw up if you have to, holding your hair back, who are just, you know, who are, who are there for you and with you 100% no matter what. And that's that I think that's something that our community, a lot of people in our community don't have right now, because we are notorious for infighting and these petty squabbles and witch wars and all of that. When really, if we just have our, you know, our group that can hold us up, then we can stand firmly and do the work that we're called to do in the world, because we all are called to do work all of us. And whether that call is for you to sing a happy song as you're walking through the grocery store so that everybody who hears that song is uplifted for the day, 
or whether your work is to be feeding hungry people. And, you know, that's a big thing for me. I'm all about hungry people. I was food insecure as a child. And um, and I've never, it was, a, it was a childhood trauma I've never gotten over. So I don't want to see people hungry. And when I hear about Mariupol, where the people are basically trapped by Russian fire and, you know, they're, they're melting snow to drink and there's no food. And I was hearing a report last night that the, the adults without children were asked to leave a shelter so that the people with children, so the children would have a chance of surviving. How, how do we as humans live with that? How do we live with what's going on in Syria? How do we live with what's going on in Ethiopia? How do we live with that? Yeah, we live with that. We live with that by doing what we can here. Yeah. And how do we live with the children in cages still on the southern border? Still on the southern border. Still on the southern border. And and write letters and call and all of that. And it has become when I was a kid, you you every night you said the little prayer, now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. If I should die before I wake, I pray the Lord my soul to take. Every night now, not when I go to bed, but when I do my nightly prayers, I remember the children on the southern border. And and I don't I don't know what to do about that. I I don't know. I've written the letters, I've done the phone calls, and I I tell this story a lot, so forgive me, y'all, if you've heard it, but when we first heard about that under the previous administration. Every mama that I knew, especially mamas, but I'm sure daddies too, we were like, we're going to hijack school buses. We're driving to the damn southern border. We're going to jailbreak those young'uns, and we're going to get them out. And the thing that stopped us was not the idea of stealing a fleet of school buses. We're like, oh, hell yeah, I'll steal me some school buses. Or paying for gas to get to the southern border or getting past armed guards to jailbreak children. The thing that stops us every time is children that you've got to feed and clothe and find doctors for and find their family. And it stops us every time. We don't know, how do we do that? How do we do that? Yeah. So, so what I tell people is to grieve globally and act locally. Exactly. So, so if your heart is for incarcerated children, What's happening with incarcerated children where you are in your town? You can help with that. You get, well, you can at least engage with that. Whereas, you know, where I am in North Carolina and where you are, how do we engage with that? Yeah. No, On the southern border. Other than boosting the signal, you know, and I think that I have been called to do that. And I've been doing online work for a long, long time. And that's why when the pandemic hit and I see all these activists and witches and priestess and leaders do the shift from the in-person to the online and a lot of people did it you know without missing a beat and they were doing the zoom in and this and that but a lot of people were very challenged to speak to a screen and I was there like, hey, dude, we've been doing this in the pagan community for 10 years on the Spanish countries, Spanish speaking countries. So, you know, it's, <laughs> yeah. it's not a big deal. It's easy to do. And as you said, you know, act locally and call your whatever, whoever the powers to be, call, call, yes. call and sign the petitions and do the thing. And the witches then get to do what witches do and witching, witching as a verb yeah yeah witching is a verb so correct me if i'm wrong but you started doing online stuff i mean you always have a presence on facebook and insta and all that but you started holding space for prayer and for meditation and for the new moons as the pandemic started right yeah really early on because at Mother Grove Goddess Temple, we have always done full moon ceremony. And for a while, we did a dark moon trance dance thing that was a very small group. So I knew we couldn't get together to do that. And I basically just did it for my local community. So they would feel like their temple was still there for them. But what's happened, as you know, 
is that now it's people from Australia, it's people from New Zealand and Alaska and South Africa who there's one person that wakes up early in the morning so that she can be present when we do this thing at like eight o'clock Eastern time. So that has been eye-opening. It has been a huge blessing for me. And it what it's done is it's cleared the way. You know, we we've been talking since the since before the dawn of time about the idea of we're spiritual magical people and we meet on the astral and in that astral plane we can do whatever. Well, girl, for two damn years we've been meeting on the astral. And what's happened is that we've learned how you weave community when you're not in space together, not in in physical space together. And I mean, what kind of magic is that? That's it's amazing. A, yeah, it's it's wonderful. And uh, that's how I started. You know, I started doing podcasts with people. Uh, one fellow was in Argentina. The other lady was in Chile. And we built this Spanish-speaking community of pagans on the astral slash tech world because sometimes that's all you have. And since the pandemic's hit, that's pretty much what has been it for a lot of people. Now, I don't know, in the Appalachians, but here in Chicago, you know, things have been open for a couple of months now and the numbers have been somewhat contained. And well, we have the earth finally breaking through and we're getting ready to, you know, celebrate Beltane and all of that. But still, I will never forget. <laughs> That's how I started hearing about you because I keep telling people we're leaving the devil times. And somebody <laughs> said to me, no, it's the tower times. Have you heard from Byron Ballard? And I'm like, yeah, but respectfully, I think we're on the devil. I think we've moved. Boy, was I wrong. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we can have two cards. We, we can, can have- do. We could do the devil, the chariot, the tower, all of that, because it's it is a big enough challenging times that, you know, we can have all the cards we want. We we certainly can. And it's good to see. To quote the amazing Daenerys Targaryen, that we don't have to reinvent the wheel, we have to break the wheel. And it thinks that I think that we have broken it. Uh, A lot of women, a lot of moms, a lot of parents are going back to the workforce on their own terms and people are claiming their divine time with their children and all that kind of stuff. How is society on your neck of the woods? How are changes happening in the Appalachians? That is, that's a really good question. I mean, I live in a tourist town. The housing prices here are through the roof. We have a huge homeless population. We have people who are working two and three jobs so they can afford to pay their $1,500 a month rent for a one bit, tiny one-bedroom apartment. Um, it's not good here, and there are no jobs. They're only service industry jobs. Um, we, used to, we never were really a manufacturing hub, but we did have some manufacturing here. None of that, none. So people, people are skimping by, and, and while they're scraping to make ends meet, We're like a foodie town. We're Beer City, USA. We're we're the place everybody wants to come. And also people want to live because it's beautiful here. It's beautiful. And the um we have four seasons and winter is not bad. And so people come from California. They sell their two point five million dollar home in California and they come here and they go five hundred thousand. Whoa, what a deal. So you can't you can't buy houses. you can't, I mean, even if you could afford them, you can't buy them because there's this weird cobble of the these uh, financial groups that come in and they buy out, you know, half of a neighborhood so that they so that they own that and they can do whatever they can control it in whatever way. So it's not good here. We are and we are also dealing like everyone in the on the planet is we're dealing with abrupt climate change that we've been talking about literally for 40 or 50 years. And now people go, oh no, what do you mean 3,000 acres are burning in East Tennessee? Well, I just don't know how that could happen. I don't know. How could, gosh, 
Whoever could have thought that would be a problem. Um, so, yeah. So that's where we are. Yeah. And people are desperate. And they don't even know how desperate they're going to become. Yeah. And we can only hope that hope remains and that we come back to our senses and that we started, as I said uh, before, not back to normal, but new to better and, you know, to find better ways to do things. Um, One of those is, you know, the remote working, people that are working remotely and that there's no need to have 20,000 cars driving on the street every day for three hours, four hours a day, if people can actually work online. Um, so what's the witch to do with all this desperation and with all this, you know, gloominess in the future, (laughs) how, how do you center? You use that word a lot. I I do use that word a lot. I use grounding and centering a lot. I, I believe that if you are surrounded by a culture of death, And now your native culture is one of the most vibrant, lively cultures. My husband is Italian. Again, a a culture that embraces life and gulps life down. The the culture that is the majority culture in the United States is not necessarily a life-loving culture, plus late-stage capitalism is not life-affirming in any way. So the first thing we have to do if we live in a culture surrounded by death is we have to live big lives. We have to enjoy every minute. We have to enjoy every person that we can reasonably enjoy. I got to tell you, there's uh, there's politicians all over the place that I do not enjoy. And many of them su- su- supposedly represent me. I do not enjoy them and I'm not going to enjoy them. But I enjoy that um, that young girl that's checking me out at the grocery store and she's looking at some weird vegetable that she has never in her life eaten. And she goes, is this a turnip? I'll go, it's a rutabaga. Really? How do you, how do you eat that? So finding that kind of joy, finding joy with your family, finding joy when the weather is perfect, finding joy. I mean, you're in Chicago. That is an exciting city with lots of stuff. I'm sure it's op- all opening back up now. So all the things, the music, the food, the theater. So finding ways to embrace life and really live life rather than cowering in fear because fear never does anything to promote anything. It stops us. It stops us from, from living. It stops us from progressing in any real way. So the first thing I would tell people is to get yourself grounded and centered fear not you know the angel of the lord says throughout the bible fear not fear not fear not so you being afraid of something doesn't make it not happen it just doesn't so be sensible i don't want you to walk down a dark alley at one o'clock in the morning flashing benjamins but so be sensible but by golly get out there and enjoy life because if the pandemic has taught us nothing else it should have taught us that you and i can be talking today and tomorrow one of us could come down with whatever and my and so i'm loving looking at your beautiful face and talking to you right now because that's what that's what we have right now me and you blue witch village witch right now this is what we got yeah there's nothing like the present and uh if i may add i love art and when you mention chicago i mean the the mecca of art if i i know new yorkers can come come at me i think chicago is the mecca of art and art has kept us alive creation has kept us alive being creative finding creative ways to survive and for those who dance dancing for those who knit knitting for those who paint or do embroidery or you know one one thing or the other and you wrote a couple of books 
right at the beginning or I don't know if if one of them was in the middle of it as yeah, a matter of fact I, yeah yeah that came out last August so I was writing it during the pandemic and it's all about being in touch with the world around you and paying attention we are just so many of us are just not good about paying attention because maybe because of the fear maybe because we're all moving too fast but yeah paying attention is important yeah i'm gonna show off for those who are watching the video yes i got the autograph copy <laughs> and you can get an autograph copy still because this lady goes to the bookstore checks all the orders one by one by one personally signs up the book and you got your copy. Yeah, and if you go if you go to Malaprops, Malapropsbookstore.com. If you put Malaprops.com, it will come. Yeah, that one right there. They give me a call. I mean, even if it's just one copy that's come in, if you want it signed, I mean, they're, they're like five minutes from me. I can walk up there in good weather and I'm happy to do that. More than happy. And it's wonderful that you have all this plethora of creativity definitely touched by goddess and having all this wonderful books and i know i was all google gaga about roots roots branches and spirits <laughs> but uh to have seasons of a magical life it's also what a treat and what a way to remind us to turn down to the ground inward and and touching the earth and feeling the seasons and be moved by them. As we approach Beltane, what is the shift that happens? I, you know what? I'm going to tell you a joke. We told everybody we're going to rock the world, right? I've heard one person that were well intended. I'm not putting anybody down again. That's not my brand. Uh, but they were saying, can we move away from celebrating Beltane, talking about reproduction all the time? And I'm like, how? <laughs> I well, mean, <laughs> you were just talking about this, though, the creativity that got us through S some people. And again, like you, not my brand, but some people need to think beyond the notion of breeding and making babies because creation is much more than that. Now, again, if that's your bag, making making babies, then, you know, bless you. Because the only way the species continues is if people are going to make some babies. But it's all about creating the world that you want. And if the world is a little tiny new baby, or the world is a great piece of art, or a great piece of music, or an extraordinary piece of theater, or you knitting socks for your grandma because they're her favorite color, all of that is creativity. And all of that is belting. All of that. So, yes. I love the idea folkloric, folklorically of we all go out in the woods and we couple up and we do or triple up or however up you want to do. <laughs> and then and then we come back in and we have a meal and we pick another couple of people, go back to the woods. I mean, what a lovely thought. But you know what? There's a lot of diseases out there. None of us want to catch. And there's a whole lot of uh, energy. We don't want somebody to leak over on us. So there are so many ways to do it. And if if I can mention one frustration I have with the overall pagan community is how damn literal they are about everything. It's like, well, but I'm not a farmer. Why should I celebrate the harvest? Well, are you an eater? Do you eat anything at all? <laughs> I would just ask all pagans and earth religions people to kind of broaden their perspective on what these holy days are about. And embrace them instead of, well, I just don't see why we have to. Well, you don't have to. Yeah. I ain't your boss. You don't have to. Don't do it. Don't be built in. Do oh my else. God. You you really kicked it kicked me on that one. So city people, I am sorry to tell y'all, all my Chicago peeps, I'm gonna go and take individually everybody's witch card because you're not farmers. <laughs> I mean, come on. Uh, what about allegories 
and and um, metaphors. I mean, right. that's that's what myth is. And and what a, what about the notion that our mythology is what creates us, and we create our mythology? Thank so you. how about we do that? I I do a class called finding the other realms under suburbia. And I did that because I have so many urban friends who go, well, but it just feels like, you know, there's not a lot of green space and whatever. And here's what I say about that. If you are wearing your big old winter coat, because I know you got one because you live in Chicago. And I got on my sort of big winter coat because, you know, and you and I hug each other at the airport. Did we not hug each other because we had big coats on? No. Is the only way we can hug each other by being naked? I mean, it might be fun, almost Beltane, but <laughs> we hug each other whether we have clothes on or not. And so the earth is covered with some concrete and some asphalt and whatever. Well, it's still the earth. It's yeah. right there. And for people to have the fantasy of, well, one day I'm going to have enough money and I'm going to move to the country and I'm going to live on it. Urban people have their own kind of magic and their own kind of connection to the to the built atmosphere around them. And there's no point in dreaming of, oh, one day we'll live in an intentional community. Well, God bless you if you do, but so few people ever can afford to do that. Yeah. Man, love the land, love the big buildings and the and that crazy sycamore tree that's half dead. And sooner or later the city's gonna take it down, but they haven't done it yet. Yeah. Uh, and you know, cities have their own energy and you can all try to take me to the loony bin. I don't care. Uh, I grew up in a city. I grew up in a city that was built on top of a lake. And then I moved to a city on a lake. And I tell you the energy, the energy of Mexico City and the energy of Chicago are sisters. They're, they're kindred, they're siblings, wow. there's something about it. And it has to do with the water, it has to do with the lake, and it has to do that it's a city, it's a metropolis that is made out of diverse flora and fauna. We are it, you know, we are it. And if for somebody that to say that there's no nature here, like, have you look at the floor when you walk on through the cracks? All the living entities that are coming and conquering the concrete, come on, you know, there is nature. She's everywhere. She got us nature, whatever you want to call it, call her. And, uh, you know, all you have to do is like pot a, put a pot of uh, cilantro on your window and observe magic happening, you know. And, and the environment is that thing we are part of and is all around us. And some of it is a wild environment and some of it is park-like. So it is a constructed, human constructed, but natural environment. But the built environment is an environment. Yeah. And when you can look down a long city block and see how the rays of the sun, as the sun is setting, how that looks among those enormous structures, the, it, it's, it's Stonehenge, it's the pyramids. It's it it's what humans have added beautifully and graciously to the environment that we have. Of course. And yeah, I mean, the, one of the cities that I love and, and people laugh at me all the time is I love Washington, D.C. Because it's like square like this and the the energy moves in these long ley lines and and it's interrupted periodically by things like the Washington Monument. It's like, what the hell does that do? Well, try walking up to the Washington Monument and you're going to feel exactly what that does. So if you are conscious of the energy of places, then it doesn't matter if it's a built environment or a natural or a wild one. You're going to feel that. I mean, to, to walk in New York City or Chicago, you just, it's, it can, it can be overwhelming. Yeah. The energy and the and just the spirit of the place. Yeah. That's why different. it was that's why it was so painful when we saw the beginning of the pandemic, uh 2020, the streets empty and it's like our city was wounded. And mm. it it's lovely to cautiously see it 
back opening up again. And when you were mentioning Stonehenge, there is a photographer here in Chicago. I'm not sponsored by him. His name is Barry Butler, and he appears on TV, and his uh, uh, photographs are famously recognized all over Chicago. And he started photographing the sun setting on the equinoxes and the solstices. And, oh. and now a lot of people go to the same spot to, to capture the sun setting. So you were absolutely talking about Chicago's uh, bean edge and uh, building edge because it's made out of stone, nonetheless buildings, but the energy and we still unconsciously worshiping the sun right and everybody yeah. will be like oh it's just a photo mm -hmm. you keep mm -hmm. telling yourself that it's just a photo how many how many things <laughs> do we witches recognize as magic that folks do on the daily right like yeah i mean i i use the expression homely all the time and i use it the way the british use it that it's home-like and simple and we love to make everything complicated. We love it because for some reason, it feels like it has more merit and more value if it's complex and difficult to understand. But I'm telling you a great piece of toast with good butter, that is as delicious a meal as you are gonna get in any five-star restaurant anywhere. It's, it's just a matter of loving what you love loving what you love and, and focusing in on the things that make you, you, and, and magic is everywhere. We talk, well, we go to festivals and I'm gearing up to go to a festival and um, in about three or four days, I'm gonna be heading out of town and we get to the end of a festival and PSG of course is a wonderful example. We create a community for an entire week. Then on Sunday, we're all packing up and we're all, oh, I'm going to miss my family. Welcome home. Welcome home. And then we have to go back to mundania. Well, that world's not mundane. You go back to Chicago. Chicago is anything but mundane. I come back to Asheville, North Carolina, anything but mundane. So if we are putting the blinders on our experience in the place where we are for 50 weeks out of the year that's on us that's not on magic magic is everywhere enchantment is everywhere the whole planet is enchanted and we just have to reach out and touch it that's all so reach out and touch it welcome it in yep when you lead a magical life everything is magic and everything you touch you made it magic and you yeah. commune with that magic and that's why I feel so close to you through your books and through this interviews that we have done. People are not going to believe we've never met in person yet. No, we never have. It's amazing to me. Yeah. But yet. we will. Oh, because yeah. I'm, coming, I'm coming up and you're going to show me your city because I've never been to Chicago. Oh, my God. You have to come and you have to, everybody, you have to come. You have to come with like a week or two and bring your walking shoes and bring your camera is beautiful. I love being an eternal tourist in this city. Uh, there's a meme, you know, that I, I make sure I have it on my save on my phone. I wasn't born in Chicago, but I came here as soon as possible. This, this <laughs> city is just beautiful. And I am, of course, you know, fixing to eventually go visit you because I want to see those places and touch that land with my very own hands. Um, and also, uh, you know, be a fly on the wall, seeing you do all the work that you do for your community. Um, how does the kitchen pantry works? How do you do this work? Let's boost that signal so you can oh, get yeah. some yeah. donations. Thank you. Please. Thank you. Um, Mother Grove Goddess Temple has not been, as you said, we've not been meeting in person. Well, we had a couple of small in-person meetings, but Beltane is our first big blowout festival in two years. Yeah, at least two years. So what we've been doing in the interim, as you said, is the things that I do online. I do full moon and then dark moon, and then I've done most of the holy days, done something for those. Um, but we have been doing a food pantry, and it's not a huge one. 
but it's really kind of specific. It's it's good organic foods for the most, all of it has to be shelf stable, of course. So we we help anybody who needs help, anybody who's hungry comes to us and we give them what we have to give them. And Asheville Raven and Crone, which is a local metaphysical store, takes donations of items. And then Mother Grove Goddess Temple can also take, if you want to make a financial donation, we'll go shopping. That'd be great. But we've had people do like Amazon drops of food. Um, and it comes to my house because the temple is pretty small and there's nobody there all the time. Um, so, yeah, it's been huge. And we have a board meeting coming up in a couple of weeks. Um, our governing body is called our Circle of Council. And we want to talk about how we expand the food pantry activities. We're going to take the area that was our office that we just never used. I mean, we had an office because, you know, if you if you have a space like that, you should have an office. But we don't use the office. We're going to expand the food pantry into that. We're going to get rid of part of the library because most people, they've read the books or they don't want to read the books. And we're going to donate some of those books to prison, to prison ministries. And then expand the food pantry so that more people are fed, no hungry bellies, especially children and elders. Those are the big ones for me, children and elders. Of course. So how can a person who is in Chicago, New York or New Zealand, can they donate? Can they send money for y'all and then? Absolutely, they can. And what I'll have to do is send you our PayPal, because I don't know it off the top of my head. Yeah. They can certainly send us money through PayPal. And I will also send you the PO box and all that stuff. It's somebody willing to write an old fashioned check. Yeah. But we would, well, absolutely, we welcome that. Yeah. But, but maybe more important is they find a food pantry in their own community and they donate there. I mean, we would love to have their donations because it will go very far, but in the idea that you grieve globally, but act locally, maybe the thing for all of them to do is to go, who's hungry in my community? Are old folks hungry? Are babies hungry? Are middle school kids hungry? Are kids hungry when they're home from school on the weekends? So yeah, all of that stuff. See, and that's why I admire you so much because here I am boosting the signal for you and you are boosting the signal for everybody to act locally. And ladies and gentlemen, Steam friends, that's why she is who she is. I am, I am so thrilled to be your friend, and I cannot wait until we can actually hug. Yes, coats or not. Um, so you mentioned that you're going to be doing this Beltane Festival. What else is for you coming up? This like uh, after Beltane, Beltane uh, kind of summary. Are you going out? Oh, I'm doing crazy stuff. I'm going to North Dakota, um, like the third weekend in May. That's going to be a Beltane thing, but it's, um, but it's you know, later than May the 1st. I'm going to be at Heartland this year. I'm going to be at Our Haven, which is a sweet little festival. I'm only going to be there for like five hours. I'm going to do hug everybody, kiss everybody, do a quick class and get out the door. I'm going to be at Wisteria for their Appalachian Summer Solstice. They have they have blessed me for now for several years that I get to come there and just be full full on Appalachian, tell all the stories, drink all the booze, you know, all that stuff. I'm going to be at Starwood, which will be fun. Um, Fairy Con may be happening again in Maryland, so I'll be there. So yeah, I'm going to be on the road a lot. And while I'm not on the road, I'm writing a new book for Llewellyn on simple, practical magic. Oh, my, my, my. Do we have an estimated date on when that book is going to be no, Next fall, probably, 23. Awesome. Summer fall well, 23. not to put you on the spot. <laughs> <laughs> But get on it. <laughs> but get on it. And and I have my trusty book here. Uh, folks, folks will not believe me. See, December. So, you know, I, I will pencil in there 2023. Make sure you 
get a hold of Byron Ballard and bring her back here to talk more about the stage of the world. And then this Practical Magic book, um, do you have a working title yet or not? No, I'm just calling it that, Simple Practical Magic. It's based on a class that I've been doing for, I, isn't it weird time-wise? It's like the pandemic, I would have said, I've been doing that class for a couple of years, but I've probably been doing it for about five years yeah. because the two years of the pandemic don't count. So it's like, eh, maybe for anyway. And I started doing it because so few people have training in magic anymore. At least that's the way it appears. And I was somebody who had a lot of training coming up in a lot of different modalities. How's that? Modalities mm -hmm. of magic. And I, I just think they're basic things people don't know how to do, like grounding, centering, pulling energy into your body, sending it out, shielding. Man, people don't get shielding and how important that is. And so this is kind of a step-by-step. -step. It's really simple. And when I do the class, I had some ceremonial magicians who came to one of the classes and they were very, they, they ultimately were fine, but they came in with, it felt to me like chips on their shoulders. Like, oh, you're going to teach me about magic? Ha huh Come on, country girl. Tell me what you got. And what it does, if you are a long-term practitioner, it helps you get back to that place of beginner's mind where you go, oh, I remember I used to do that. That was really helpful. So it's, it's, a, it's fun. I try to make every class fun. And, it's a, and I think the book will be fun too, but it, it'll take you step by step. Wow, how do you get energy? What is energy? Because we use that word all the time, but what does it mean? So, yeah. That sounds like fun. And I think that if we ever reach a point where we think that we don't need to do basic or entry or new or beginners, then we're doing something very, very wrong because we have to learn every day and be reminded every day you know and and also be open to find new ways of doing things and learn from each other i mean people who think that they know it all i have no words for them you know because it's like you know well, like for me the older i get the less i know i get i'm i mean i'm 66 years old <clears throat> I, I've been practicing for a long, long time. And there will be things and I'll go, oh, <laughs> I never thought of it like that. It's great. It's yeah. great. Yeah. There are so many things and, and so many cultures that can be appreciated and implemented and adapted and adopted, not co-opted, not, yes. uh, not appropriated, but appreciated really, truly by by learning things, you know, mm -hmm. I think. Well, 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 they say that when you're having fun, time truly flies. And this seems to be the case. What is something that I haven't asked or we haven't commented that is really important that you get out to the world today? Well, this is what came into my mind because I'm about to, I'm in the middle of festival season. And that is, we have been able to expand our communities for things like festivals and conferences, because now all those people who maybe they financially couldn't come, they couldn't take off a whole week of work, they maybe physically aren't ca capable of spending a week camping, now we are developing the technology so that that person can sit at home and feel fully enmeshed in their community and not feel like they're missing out. I mean, they are missing out dancing naked around the fire. Okay, they're missing it. But that, I mean, they could do that at home if they want to. Uh, I'm not judging on any of that. But what we've done, and I hope we will continue it, is that we are weaving the kind of vessel of community that we have needed for a long, long time as a, as a set of religions. And the more we support each other in that weaving and in that creation, the stronger we get individually, but we are always, always more than the sum of those parts. And when you have a group of people like the dark moon workings that we do, are they are Bane work. 
and people come with whatever they're going to do and we hold a container for that work and the work is more powerful because there are 50 people doing it even if we're not in the same room it is stronger we're stronger than the sum of those parts so i just want to encourage anybody who does a festival if you at all can to figure out how you get that out to the people who can't physically be on site and i know that's another expense and festivals are expensive to produce and they don't make a lot of money but to do that to open up our communities to to remember that deaf people cannot hear the podcast we have to do captioning that you know that there are all kinds of members of our community that we need to remember and to figure out how we bring them in and how we make how we in, not not how we bring them in i'm going to back that up how we invite them in and make them feel welcome at our table and and open hospitality to all of those people. Because I think hospitality is the basis of every religion, is that you bring people in and you share from, from the place where you are. Everybody, yeah. everybody to the table, everybody at the table. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And diversity and space breeds more space for diversity. So absolutely. Uh, different ages, different orientations, different sizes, different colors, different cultures. Everybody needs a place in the table. Absolutely. Absolutely. And if the if you don't have a big enough table, then go outside and everybody brings a blanket, we sit on the ground. Yes, ma'am. I I <laughs> I love you to pieces. You have no idea how closely I feel to you. I Obviously, never knew about Appalachian culture, and I had already loved Byron, and I have already known about her work, but after I read this book, Roots, Branches, and Spirits, and all of her books are tremendous works of art, but this, I think this one took me straight to the center of your heart, and the similarities and I will never tire of saying when you know people to their root and you see what we hold of value the way that we look and the way that we speak and how different we might be means nothing because then the connection is done through the heart I feel so close to you uh, for everything you do, but especially for this book. It's like I was there with you, living it. So if you folks haven't read this book, you're slipping on something really good, Roots, Branches, and Spirits. And of course, the newer one, or the latest one, I should say, Seasons of a Magical Life as well. And more work and more work and more work because she never stops. She's always working uh, online on her pages. Uh, she ran out of room on her Facebook and then had to rebrand the village witch page and all of that. Uh, <laughs> but for those who might not know you yet, where can they find you? They can find me Facebook, Insta, Twitter, sort of. I, I like have a, a small little group of people that I really respond to on Twitter. I mostly am on Twitter so that I can cuss online because um, because you can't really do that. And I'm a big cusser by nature, I guess. They can also find me at my website, which is myvillagewitch.com. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, everybody, for being here today, listening and or watching for whoever is watching. And thank <laughs> you so much, Byron, for being a, a friend, my friend. But also, thank you so much for coming to the show. And we are waiting to see more and more from you and bring you back. And oh, my God, I have to ask you the oracles. Oh, the cards? Yes. Uh, we, we had a problem with corrupted files. So we have to go back and do like the technical part. But it will happen. It's a deck of Appalachian themed cards. And uh, I did all the artwork and I did the little booklet, but they will happen. But my life is a series of windows of opportunity. 
and now that window is closed because I'm doing the, this book and touring. So we'll get to it, though. We'll get to we, it. We will get to it. Uh, I'm doing the signal of take my money <laughs> because, <laughs> you know, hey, I, that's, I. That's something else people can do, though. I recently, last month, well, a few months ago, I opened a Patreon account. Oh. So they can come and they can get the cool stuff on Patreon. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. How do they find you on Patreon? By your name, I'm assuming? Yeah, Byron Ballard. And they'll see my face yep. playing the fiddle. All right. Well, thank you so much for being on the show. We've been saying goodbye for 10 minutes. Yeah, that's what happens no. when you're having fun. Exactly. So, thank you for being here. I'll leave you the microphones so you can say goodnight to your audience tonight. And I'm going to say, too, I love you big, lady. I really do. Um it is astounding to me that we've never met in person, but I'm going to be on your doorstep in Chicago at some point. I'm going to get one the big tour. I'm going to want to see some big cutting edge theater. And you are always welcome at the little farm on Weird Mountain because there is a big old queen size bed and it is wonderful. And you can hear the birds sing in the morning. So thanks everybody for uh, tuning in with us. And I hope we rocked your world just a little bit. Just as we promised, I thank you, Byron, for being here. <laughs> and to everybody, just to remind you all to tune in to CSMP, the Circle Sanctuary Network podcast. We have shows for everybody, over 700 and some hours of podcasts, uh, mm. shows by Selena Fox, obviously, on Sundays and Wednesday. She does Nature Mystic and Nature Spirituality. On Tuesdays, two Tuesdays a month, we have Circle Talk with Deborah Rose to Thursdays. Thursdays a month, we have David and Janet Ewan doing Moon Magic. And on Saturday, we have our other bilingual show, which is in Spanish and Portuguese. Christian Ortiz, Carolina Moore, Monica Gobin, Harwetu Ileva, Patricia Finclair, and yours truly doing stuff on either Spanish or Portuguese. And obviously, every Monday is Lunatic Mondays. The first Monday of the month is on Spanish. The rest of the Mondays is in English. And I think that's it. Without further ado, uh, thank you all for being here. Thank you so much, Byron. Thank you to everyone who is listening live or later. And until we meet again, never forget that you are loved. Bye-bye. And thank you for joining us on the Circle Sanctuary Network podcast, presented by Circle Sanctuary and produced for all who follow the Nature Center paths. Join us here throughout the week for various programming connecting the community around the world. And please don't forget to watch for updates on the Circle Sanctuary website at www.circlesanctuary.org. And follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash csnpodcasts. We can also be found on your favorite podcast hosting sites, such as iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, and others. And until next time, many blessings. <laughs>